Welcome to New Human Living Radio Show, bringing you powerful interviews to awaken the power in you. Learn more at newhumanliving.com. And now your host, Les Jensen. So, how are we going to how are we going to tell when uh, the salvation of humanity has occurred? Well, what will the metric be? How can we, how can we know we've we've made it? I don't have to tell anyone how <laughs> how much of a roller coaster humanity is going through right now. But uh, it's it's just a curious thing. How's how's it going to happen? What's it going to look like? <clears throat> How how will it get done? What I really like about tonight's show is a completely different perspective. I always like to take one or two or three steps to the left or the right and look at something from a completely different perspective. I think every culture on the planet has um, a mythology, uh, uh, a savior, uh, um, those that show the way, perhaps. And sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees, <laughs> especially um, with the... Uh, with our egos, because our, our egos, okay, I'll, I'll speak from the perspective of a, a traditional Western ego, if that's a thing. Our egos are inherently this 3D um, persona. Our egos like time and space and linearity and forming sentences using symbols constructed in a particular sequence like is happening right now and yet some of the mythology talks like uh, for example the burning bush I am that I am poof poof there you go poof the Bhagavad Gita as it is poof no adjectives no embellishment there you are (laughs) maybe there you are is the next uh the next reference to uh, an impersonal expression of all that is. Tonight's show comes from India. It's actually pre-recorded. The topic tonight is Ashtavakra Gita, the ultimate solace. And we're having our guest Harsha back on. Ashtavakra Gita, The Ultimate Solace, is uh, the third edition of this book that Harsha just wrote. And this book looks at teachings that are, are so out of the Western context that I think it's that, it's that perspective from a different point of view to uh 
to show us, to give us new language, to give us a new Western language, so to speak. And uh, I think he's done a wonderful job with this book. He's gonna he's gonna talk about the story behind the Ashtavakra Gita as it relates to their the the, the history of their uh, spiritual endeavors. So I I think we should get to it. This is going to be a a, a fun interview, and. Uh, Let's do it. In this modern-day classic, Harsha has translated the verses of Ashtavakra Gita into English language. Along with it, he has written an enlightened commentary on those verses, interpreting their meaning in an unmatched way. This highly acclaimed work deals with the core ideas of spirituality, such as goal of spirituality, Choice versus destiny. Nature of existence. Nature of our soul. Ignorance. The real cause of suffering. Liberation and self-realization. Attainment of self-realization through verbal means and karma and its types. This book paves the way for attainment of self-realization in an uncompromising manner. It makes us aware of the fundamental unity that we have with the all-pervasive existence. There's that transcendence of the ego's perspective, if you will. I think you're going to really enjoy this this interview. Let's get to it. Here's Here's the interview. Welcome to the show, Harsha. Thanks, Liz. Thanks for having me. Uh, first of all, what a beautiful book you've written. Ashtavakra Gita, The Ultimate Solace. Um, I'm just delighted with this book. This is this has so much material in it that um, helps a spiritual seeker understand the the higher levels or the higher caliber per se of the enlightened being, the the awoken one. And so first of all I want to say kudos to uh to you for making this wonderful book. Now there's a story behind the Ashtavakra Gita. Um can you can you give us that story so the listeners know um where this content is coming from? Yes. Uh Ashtavakra was a sage in ancient India and when he was still an embryo in the womb of his mother, he once pointed out the recitation mistakes of his father from the womb itself. So father didn't take it lightly as most fathers won't. And uh, the father cursed the embryo that uh, when it will be born as a baby, it will have eight deformities in its body. So few months later, the baby was born and it had eight deformities in his body. 
so it was named ashtavakra a person with eight bends later on in his life of course <coughs> ashtavakra went on to become a great spiritual master and during that period say janaka uh, sorry king janaka was ruling uh, the country and janaka was uh, janaka had a great philosopher's mind he was a very pious person he was a good ruler and he had a philosopher's mind also so once when he was when he was fast asleep on his royal bed uh, in his palace uh, he saw a dream in which he saw himself becoming a beggar who was hungry for 3 days and when he managed to get some food in his bowl after 3 days a pair of bulls came near him fighting and one of the bulls stubbed his bowl and whatever little food he had managed to get after 3 days that was spilled over on the street and janaka obviously was terrified by this nightmare and he opened his eyes and as he opened his eyes he saw himself sleeping on the royal bed surrounded by royal amenities and servants and because he had a great philosopher's mind he started thinking uh, that whether this waking state world is a reality and whether this waking state king is his real self or whether that dream world was a reality and whether that dream beggar was his real self uh, because the reason being the dream experience was as much a real experience for him during the dream as is the waking state experience for us during the waking state nice the the degree of experience or the degree of reality attached to that experience is equal in dream and waking state very nice so there so therefore and because obviously he had a philosopher's mind so he started thinking about it so very next morning he called a meeting of scholars in his court room and he narrated his dream to them and he asked them certain questions pertaining to the reality of the phenomena of the waking state and dream and pertaining to the reality of the real self so the scholars debated among themselves but none of them could give a convincing reply to janaka and just then janaka noticed uh, arrival of an awkward person unusual looking person in his court room and that person was ashtavakra sage ashtavakra and as he entered the room he was still pretty young uh, by the way when ashtavakra entered the court room of janaka at that time he was pretty young he was barely in his adolescence but because he had a deformed body so as as he entered the court room of janaka the other courtiers they started laughing they thought who is this guy who has suddenly appeared in this court room but then janaka because he was such a graceful person so he welcomed ashtavakra also and uh, then he narrated his dream to ashtavakra and then ashtavakra uh told janaka that neither this waking state world is a real phenomena nor is this waking state personality of the king is your real self nor was the dream phenomena a reality nor was the personality of that beggar 
your real self because your real self is a formless and unqualitative existence which never gets replaced by another form or by another agency or by another state and that real self of yours the formless and unqualitative existence never gets affected by the experiences of phenomena because that formless existence does not have any subjectivity vis-a-vis -vis the phenomena vis-a-vis -vis the phenomena of waking state and vis-a-vis -vis the phenomena of dream as well as vis-a-vis -vis the phenomena or experience of deep sleep so as an example of that in in western mythology there's the idea of creation and before creation there was there was a non-duality it was just source consciousness in the beginning and then came form through the idea of word and and the word was the consciousness that intended to create where there had not been any creation and so the the ashtavakra um, perception is describing that non-local consciousness, that God consciousness, that source consciousness in a language that allows consciousness who has come into form and grown an identity, i.e. an ego or a sense of self, to understand the, the true impersonal um, mechanics of creation in that from the perception of the non-local space, nothing created in form can offend. Uh, just to kind of shed a little Western context to what you just said. So if we look at the teachings of Ashtavakra, we can, we can look at the goal of spirituality, choice versus destiny, nature of existence, nature of our soul, Ignorance, the real cause of suffering. Ignorance would be a wonderful thing to talk about. Liberation and self-realization, attainment of self-realization through verbal means, and karma and its types. So let's, let's take one of these and take a look at it. So I like the idea of ignorance because the reason I choose this as a starting point in our conversation is that so many people on the planet... Um, don't understand the uh, how vast consciousness is for them to discover within their own persona, and and it's a result of that ignorance that they can't truly understand who they are as a persona. So if we were to talk about um, the state of ignorance as the real cause of suffering, what would Ashtavakra say about that? Yes, uh, but before I answer this question, I would like to just go back and start from the point where you brought in the topic of genesis and creation okay. in the discussion. Excellent. Because, yes, because uh, this discrimination of these three states, waking, dreaming and deep sleep, vis-a-vis -vis the reality, this discrimination is used in the philosophy of non-dualism precisely to state the fact that creation has actually never happened in reality. Because the sheer possibility of it ever happening in pure consciousness 
in that singularity it does not exist nice so often when we talk you know we talk with the assumption as if creation is a reality and it has really happened at some point of time so at some point of time the time span of time space phenomena has really got created either by god or by consciousness or by any superhuman being usually we assume that but this discrimination of waking state dreaming state and deep sleep vis-a-vis the reality literally gives us the answer and that answer happens to be the logical end of spirituality and logical end of phenomenal life also and very liberating answer and that answer tells us that if you manage to understand the discrimination of these three states vis-a-vis the reality then you will realize that actually nothing has ever happened this may sound funny to some people to begin with but believe me this is the logical end now coming to your second part which is about ignorance right yes it's very interesting actually when we are born at that time we get introduced to a certain form we ourselves get introduced to a certain form which is a gross body before we are born physically before we touch the ground with our tiny little fingers before that we we still remain yet to be introduced to that physical body but interestingly after we are born we are made to believe that that form is ourselves and we must operate assuming that form as ourselves so all our lifetime we spend operating from that premise assuming the physical body or the physical form to be our real self and obviously that physical form is a product of material nature so it is bound by karma and you know the law of karma and other metaphysical laws and because we end up believing or we we are made to believe that that form is ourselves so naturally we end up assuming that we you know we as the self are the subjects of the time space phenomena we as the form are the subjects of the law of karma and we must work out karma in our current lifetime and then you know after that next set of karma would already be ready and if we work out our karma nicely righteously religiously during one lifetime we would be taken to heaven otherwise we would be sent to some hell or somewhere else else we will get born again on the same planet in some other life form again to work out another set of karma all these assumptions suddenly become relevant as soon as we associate our idea of self with a form and that association takes place after the after we are born i mean not before we are born before we are born we never care about the form not just that during deep sleep also i mean the whole of waking state the whole 16 hours of waking state we spend you know operating uh, or assuming that form to be ourselves 
right operating from this presumption right but during 8 hours of deep sleep we absolutely don't care about that form now isn't it a mystery in itself that you don't care of yourself during for 8 hours but you do absolutely everything for that self only for remaining 16 hours it means what it means our being is not entirely the form and somewhere deep inside us we are aware of that fact that's why we are not afraid of getting into deep sleep if if we wouldn't have that inner assurance that our being is not entirely the form our being is much more than that if we do if we wouldn't have that assurance from within we would be afraid to go to sleep also because in that case we would feel our existence or our being being threatened because for 8 hours we wouldn't be aware of the form very nice right well, but still next day morning we end up taking ourselves as the same form and we start operating from that same premise same presumption you know this happens because our intellect has a confusion about the nature of our real self who we really are what is our true being and that confusion is called ignorance in spiritual parlance well i like that the um all the worry and the fret that comes from the sense of self is um but a um small aspect of the 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 whole persona of the whole um realm of consciousness in the so how does the nature of our soul fold into this um uh 16 hour day so we've grown ourselves an ego and and we think we have all these problems and and yet our soul has had many different uh situations that are some of them completely opposite of what we we might be struggling with now when we look at the nature of our soul how does that play into who we think we are during those 16 hours of the day interesting question because our soul actually has nothing to do with a qualitative personal character that we call personality that we assume ourselves to be during waking state our real self the soul the pure consciousness which is an omnipresent existence has absolutely nothing to do with a quali- with qualified forms neither with one qualified form nor with all qualified forms nor with any other qualified form but the ignorance creates an idea that our soul our real self the existence somehow has got tied up with a qualified form and then that idea of that association of our soul with a qualified form which is the personality makes us believe that we are an individual subject who has that particular form and who is the subject of karma who is the subject of phenomena and who must necessarily possess a qualitative character it is all boi- it all boils down to ignorance ultimately 
the confusion in the intellect of an individual about the nature of soul and ashtavakra gita in an uncompromising manner destroys that confusion and brings clarity about the nature of our real soul so soul has not actually got camouflaged or folded into our personality nobody has done that nobody needs to do that you know god also doesn't do that because you know he has better things to do perhaps <laughs> yeah, <I agree. laughs> well well okay so it, if the persona that occupies that 16 hours of the day um is um uh doesn't hold the reins or the steering wheel or the or the uh, deci- decisions of our soul how does choice versus destiny come into this for example here i am right now in my body during my 16 hour day and i have this sense of self i have a name i have a role can i choose karma that is offensive to the soul i mean what if i mean i'm just going to throw the reins down on the galloping horses what if i commit genocide what if i uh wipe out countries because i'm a great tyrant a great evil have i not committed a crime in the in the perception of our soul or the perception of source if your eyes associated with a form then doesn't matter whether you do good things or bad things those things will come back to you in equal proportion and you will have to face their consequences so it's all about where do we associate our eye eye with if we associate the eye with with a with an individual subject which is the personality which is a qualified form then all the good good merits and demerits they they are going to uh, you know how consequences lined up and we as the subjects will have to face them if not in this lifetime then in future lifetimes but if our idea of i gets associated or rather if we realize that we were never the individual subjects our i was never an individual subject but he was always pure consciousness and he will he shall remain as pure consciousness because he is an omnipresent reality who does not have any subjectivity towards the affairs of the world if we realize our i to be like that which which is the reality of our i then no karma good or bad can touch us no karma can uh, i mean we absolutely remain stainless if i can use that word right our being absolutely remains stainless because it is stainless to begin with another word would... as as subjects as subjects we are only required to realize that fact within Spot... ourselves spotless is another term that would spotless work. you can use that yes keep going yes so so it's all de- it, it all depends you know when it comes to spirituality and enlightenment uh i mean if we would be talking about religion and commandments then things like good deeds bad deeds merits demerits they matter a lot because religion does matter to individual subjects ignorant subjects right so for their betterment in the phenomenal world 
those commandments of religion vis-a-vis -vis righteousness or merits and demerits are very relevant but when it comes to spirituality when it comes to liberation enlightenment that time first we'll we need to investigate the nature of this i who is this i i mean what happens to the i comes later before that we we first investigate the nature of this i who is this i from where this idea of i idea of self coming from spirituality deals with that more fundamental question religion doesn't deal with it religion just assumes that you are an individual subject who is a subject of karma right. but spirituality uh, goes deeper and you know it doesn't assume that you are you are an individual subject rather it makes you investigate into the nature of that subject into the nature of that i and finally through that investigation i mean finally through spiritual wisdom you tend to realize that actually you were never the subject because you are an omnipresent existence which is unqualitative and formless well, that and that brings liberation now in all this where does the question of choice and destiny comes now both these factors choice and destiny obviously the discussion of these factors would be relevant from the point of view of an ignorant subject from the point of view of existence this discussion becomes redundant immaterial because the existence as such in its originality is neither the subject of choice neither he calls any shots you know via his choice nor he is subject of destined karma or any other form of destiny so being is not concern about choice or destiny but individual subject remains concerned about choice and destiny because of his ignorance without realizing that both these factors choice and destiny they are the two sides of the same coin the coin being ignorance or maya at global scale it is referred to as maya illusion grand illusion right the whole phenomena Right. is a grand grand illusion so if an ignorant subject takes himself as a part of the phenomena i mean if he as you know associates his his idea of self with an individual form then naturally through that idea he becomes the subject of the phenomena you know conceptually only but he does seem to be seem to become that subject right and he does seem to operate from that point of view life after life after life so till he operates from that point of view that ignorant position this discussion of choice versus destiny remains uh, relevant for him but in that case also both these factors remain part of the illusion part of the phenomena which is not a reality in itself which is merely an appearance it's like you know we are you know the waking state is just like the dream so if i ask you suppose you are having a dream you are seeing a dream and you are taking yourself as a subject of the dream as an individual subject of the dream you know as a part of that dream phenomena so if i ask you you know do you, as long as you take yourself as a individual subject of that dream phenomena do you tend to have choice in that phenomena or do are you totally bound by destiny 
in that phenomena you know while the dream runs right what would you say what would you say e, e, any answer you would give would remain relevant only for that dream phenomena which is an illusion in itself <laughs> right i like that well then same applies to the waking state so same applies to the waking state well then what's the goal of spirituality if if this uh this karmic canvas this this theater this stage or that we come into for uh, our our 16 hours of the day um if if all ill if all karma if all doubt or fret or worry or stress or fear is a projection of the perception point from that that persona what's the goal of spirituality then yes for an in- for an ignorant subject the goal of uh, the discussion of spirituality remains relevant and in one line if i have to state the goal of spirituality for an ignorant subject then the goal of spirituality is total and permanent freedom from suffering which in other words is called liberation and spirituality offers a solution in the form of self realization which secures that liberation for that subject so that remains the ultimate goal of spirituality so would you say that um i'm like here we are 2022 on planet earth there's um billions of people that are in ignorance that are worried and and concerned and confused about the trajectory of of the collective consciousness is what i would call it um wh- what's really what really is the uh is solution the word probably solution with a capital s is to become liberated in the sense of full activation of your self realization in other words to recognize the western world would call it your christ consciousness or perhaps 5d and and so um talk about uh liberation from the ignorance as it would relate to people listening to this show at this time yes so as human beings as long as you take yourself as an individual form as a human being you must utilize your human birth primarily for sake of attaining liberation because if you find yourself in any other life form then you may not have the intellectual capacity or the resources to secure that liberation and unless you secure liberation your suffering is not going to end now <clears throat> usually most of the population relies on temporary solutions that the world has on offer in order to reduce the suffering but if you are interested in a permanent solution then you will have to turn to spirituality and i am saying spirituality i am not saying religion okay right. so please 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 that's, make a distinction that's there very important <laughs> yeah so you'll have to turn to spirituality you will have to understand the metaphysical nature of your own soul you'll have to understand the metaphysical nature of the existence 
you'll have to understand the metaphysical nature of the material world around you and the relationship that exists between these three guys right right and then you will have to then you will have to realize that actually uh the existential foundation of all these three factors is one and the same interestingly that foundation happens to be your real self you yourself are that you are that you need to have an absolute clarity about this fact in your intellect we that clarity only turns into enlightenment self realization and for that if you can study the philosophy spiritual philosophy systematically well and good if not then i can give you a very simple solution very workable just contemplate on two words i am this is the most fundamental reality which nobody can deny the fact that i exist i am at any given point of time no subject can deny the fact that he is he exists so this is the most fundamental reality i am if you just contemplate on it right suddenly you may not be able to draw a hell lot of sense out of it but if you persist with that contemplation then eventually the doubts in your intellect vis-a-vis the nature of yourself will vanish then you will realize that you are that omnipresent existence and then you will attain liberation and as human beings you must strive for it you know as far as possible uh there is of course there is a systematic way of learning philosophy spiritual philosophies if you can do it very well if not then these two words i am should be good enough that you know it reminds me of the both the christian bible and the bhagavad gita the bhagavad gita says as it is and the uh, christian bible the burning bush said i am that i am and you say i am and all of those contexts have no adjectives there's no there's no polarization or uh, polarity at all it no qualification right and so, and so when we're talking about uh self realization it's it's literally becoming empty of identity empty of adjectives empty of any uh sense of self in order yes. for us to reconnect with the i am consciousness at our source yes absolutely because the being does not need qualifications individual subjects ignorant subjects get carried away with qualifications they have to deal with qualifications with the qualified world around them with the qualified objects around them being need not deal with any of these being in fact being doesn't even recognize the qualified phenomena because it doesn't need to it is complete in itself because it is an omnipresent reality it's an omnipresent existence why should it care about qualification and we are that being that is our real self so in our human capacity we must strive to you know get closer to this fact the fact will remain as it is fact is not going to change reality is not going to change you cannot have a customized reality for you according to your your <laughs> suitability right 
unfortunately unfortunately you know amazon cannot help you in this <laughs> well then so, well the the question comes um uh karma so i'm going to i'm going to put a measurable i'm going to put a unit of measurement to karma say i've loaded up my karma i've been through many wars i have ptsd i'm homeless i'm a i'm a beggar in the streets and and i've loaded up such a sense of self the idea of self realization is so fleeting from me how does karma impact or influence the the sense of ignorance karma is a product of ignorance many people have this wrong idea that the karma has pushed them into creation and after that they have become ignorant no first they have become ignorant and then they have become the subject of karma beautiful so we don't enter creation as individual subjects it is our idea that our self has entered creation as an individual subject makes us the subject of karma beautiful otherwise if we could realize ourselves as that omnipresent being which we are then we get liberated from all karma immediately because we do not remain the subject of karma any longer because we don't need to be the being doesn't need to be our being doesn't need to be the subject but ignorance makes us believe as if we have become an individual subject and once that basic ignorance creeps in uh then you know the karma and you know then the whole variety of the universe is there in front of you and you will have to encounter it birth after birth after birth of in 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 some births you will find yourself in the form of a homeless beggar in another birth you will find yourself as the king some royal king in another lifetimes you will find yourself as some animals in another lifetimes you'd find yourself as angels in the heavens right sure. as subjects you will have to travel through this journey of universe uh, you know assuming yourself to be different different life form as long as you remain ignorant about the nature of your real self but the moment you realize the nature of your real self which is formless to begin with then instantly you get liberated from all types of karma also as individual subjects you can you know you can classify karma into 3 4 5 6 whatever number of categories uh, you can find out the esoterics and metaphysics of karma and how karma gets formed how it gets stored onto our subtle body right, right. all these all these metaphysical investigation is very fine but after all all this discussion remains relevant for an ignorant subject this discussion doesn't re- uh, apply to the being as such it applies to a form not to the being so now the question is do you want to continue to take yourself as a form which you are not or whether you just want to realize your true being which is a formless and unqualitative existence that's the only question for that you will have to turn to spirituality and as i said the discussion goes back to temporary solution and permanent solution 
as homeless beggar or as you know as underprivileged person you can find temporary solutions and improve your life temporarily or even as king you might find some temporary solutions for your immediate problems but that's not going to end all your suffering permanently your suffering is going to continue in one way or other as long as you take yourself as the subject of karma and that will happen as long as you take yourself as an individual subject so taking a non self object as the self is ignorance in spirituality ignorance gets defined as taking a non self object as the self what is the non self object the qualified form whatever it may be that is a non self object and the omnipresent being the formless unqualitative existence is the real self so okay. either you understand the reality of yourself as it is or you will be subjected to karma by your own ignorance you can't blame anyone else for that well now we only have about 10 minutes left time flies when you're talking about neat stuff um so as a listener i'm listening to this this episode and i realize that that i have this persona and i and i want to attain self realization what are some practices what are what is something i can do to uh move me towards liberation and self realization do you want me to give a real answer or a diplomatic answer we don't we don't <laughs> the real answer i don't i'm not interested in popcorn and and shiny things i want the real right. stuff yes the real answer is spiritual practices the activity based practices cannot enlighten you about the nature of your real self only the knowledge can enlighten you because enlightenment does not get created by the subject enlightenment comes from the knowledge subject in enlightenment subject is the receiver he is at the receiving end whereas in activity subject is at the driver's uh, seat right so if you remain on the driver's seat believing that you are an individual subject then no matter what practice you do you cannot get enlightened because your assumption that that you are an individual subject itself is ignorance if you are not letting go that basic presumption and then if you are on top of that if you are trying uh, so many things to get enlightened through via activities then that's not going to help but knowledge comes and straight away destroys that presumption by making you realize that you were never the individual subject so in spirituality the ultimate uh, resort is surrender to the knowledge Well then right. so I have the, a, the, I have go a, ahead. I have a question regarding uh liberation and self-realization. So um t- to to imagine ourselves uh reconnected with that I am so to speak and then still live on earth. So here I mean so so we discover the i am presence the i am consciousness within our persona 
and yet we also have a physical body in in the dream, so to speak, and there's all this suffering on the planet. How, as a vehicle of consciousness, uh, we've already spoken that we're not responsible for someone else's salvation, some someone else's liberation. We're not responsible for that, but from that uh, attained self-realization consciousness, how can we, through the, our human form, bring blessings to humanity that are still in ignorance? The best, if you want to serve humanity, then the best way is to get liberated yourself. If you remain as ignorant subject, and if you try to serve humanity on the activity plane, then on one hand, you would be helping some of the humanity, but on other hand, you would be taking something away from rest of the humanity. Because on activity plane, it's all give and take business, actually. So in a limited context, we might draw false satisfaction that, you know, I as an individual person, I'm helping 10 other people, uh, either, you know, materially or spiritually, fine. In a, in a limited sense, that may be true. But on act, but there are of course limitations uh, of what what an individual subject can do on activity plane. So the best way to serve humanity is to get liberated ourselves. And once we get liberated ourselves, all our meritorious karmas they get distributed to other people by the nature automatically. That way, on activity plane also we end up helping the rest of the humanity. Now that's a very very technical answer, but if if you like if we go down the ladder a bit and if we speak from a lower level, from a transactional level, then I would say that you know whatever commandments are there, religious commandments, do good, be good. <laughs> right, right. That should be the principle. That should be the guiding principle then. So. Um... I believe you're in India now, right? Is that correct? Yes. Now, in uh, in India, uh, this material is much more mainstream, and it's uh, the Ashtavakra um, narrative is known and and studied and practiced. How do you see self-realization? Uh, occurring or not occurring amongst the the c- citizens of India? Uh, well, technically speaking, we cannot scan somebody's realization because realization is not a material object. It's an effect for sure. It's an enlightening effect for sure, but that effect is not a material effect. So we cannot scan it from outside. So that is the first part. And if you ask me about statistics, uh, well, that's a very tough question because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if there are any statistics available for it, but I can refer to Gita here, Bhagavad Gita, in, law, in which Lord Krishna says that amongst millions of people, only few thousands strive to understand me uh, or to realize me. <coughs> and amongst thousands of such people, only few actually manage to come to me. So, statistically, you know, 
we can say that is the case i mean irrespective of countries we need not discriminate here uh, but irrespective of countries that is the situation i guess but uh, you know if we want if we really want to help society as such as for as, as far as spirituality is concerned then i think uh, well if i am allowed to speak you know from a personal yes point of view then i would say uh, i am doing it in my own capacity i am teaching you know spiritual philosophies to my students to other spiritual seekers to other lay people working people professionals and they are you know from their feedback i can say that you know they are they are drawing a great benefit a spiritual and enlightening benefit of uh, the philo- philosophical studies that i conduct the philosophical classes i mean the philosophy classes that well, i conduct you've also written this book third edition ashtavakra gita the ultimate solace and what a wonderful book we've only got a few minutes left and i uh, what if there's a closing thought or a closing idea that you want to share i want to be sure to create the space for that but before we do before you share your last thoughts how do we get your book how do we participate in your classes what web pages tell us about you and your book and how to connect with you the best way to connect with me is through my website uh and if, if you permit then i can tell yes. the url yes okay so the url is www.ajatasrishti.com a j a t s r i s h t i .com ajatasrishti ajatasrishti is a sanskrit Uh, word which means the unborn world right creation has never happened <laughs> <laughs> so yes it's a, it's a it's a philosophy in itself actually we'll discuss about it some other day because we are running out of time Very but nice. anyway so that that philosophy has inspired the name of my website which is ajatasrishti.com and that's the best way to connect with me from there you can directly send a message to me you can write email to me and you can find about my books and my classes on my website and uh, currently i do have all my slots of my classes filled up but if i open another slot for philosophy classes spiritual philosophy classes then uh, i would surely put it on my website and from there you know you can just contact me well very nice we've only got a few minutes left so what's your uh what closing thoughts do you want to share with our listeners mm, closing thought well i wish everyone well i wish everyone you know strive for their self realization enlightenment because that's going to be the best usage of our human form very nice we've been talking with harsha and the topic tonight is the name of his latest book third edition ashtavakra gita the ultimate solace what a fun interview
I want to give his uh, his website again and uh, to make sure that that gets conveyed. It is a j a t s r i s h t i dot com. Do, do you do you get what I was talking about as uh, taking a look at it from another perspective, taking a few steps to the left or the right, and and then noodling um, the nature of nature, so to speak. That's why I really <laughs> I, I really enjoy the the diversity of people we have on the show, and uh, Harsha has been on the show. Uh, several times now and it's always nice to get his perspective in a way he kind of blasts through the smoke and mirrors and and uh really delivers uh kind of a uh a clear and concise um perception and for that i'm always thankful it was a delight having him back on the show again you know it's uh um We've had hundreds of episodes, 12 years now with the podcast. And uh, if you'd like to support us, um, I'd really appreciate book reviews. If you've read any of my books, uh, to go online and leave a review and to go to newhumanliving.com and sign up for the newsletter. I put out a weekly blog with... uh, some spiritual slant to it. Sometimes we get off in the weeds, but um, sometimes with spirituality, you have to drag the ego out in the weeds <laughs> to get a fresh perspective. I want to thank you, the listener, for joining us tonight. What a what a curious time to be alive. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I'm your host, Les Jensen. Until next time, thanks for listening. This has been a New Human Living Radio broadcast to bring your soul's inspiration into effect and live your life wide open. Check out our host, Les Jensen's book, Citizen King, The New Age of Power, at newhumanliving.com. Thanks for listening.